BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great America podcast with Lou Dobbs, always in the fight for truth, justice, and yes, our American way of life. And now, here he is, the Peabody award-winning voice of truth, the great Lou Dobbs. Hello, everybody, and wonderful to have you with us on The Great America Show, the only show, podcast, TV, or radio, devoted to working Americans, no matter your job or business or profession, devoted to supporting the health, well-being, and protection of your family to the strength of our entire great American family and devoted to our great constitutional republic and the sovereignty and security of these United States. Sadly, our borders have never been less secure. Our borders are wide open under the Biden administration. Illegal immigrants from all over the world are racing to cross that southern border of ours. An estimated 2 million illegal immigrants will have entered the United States by the end of Biden's first year as president. President Biden has, in fact, already created the world's largest sanctuary nation, and our border with Mexico is now the largest law enforcement-free zone in all the world. And the consequences are tragic. 100,000 drug overdose deaths last year, the largest number in our history. It is now, drug overdoses are now the leading cause of death for those 18 to 45. That is tragic. And with us today, a great friend of the Great America Show, the man responsible for our borders and ports of entry and much more as Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection under President Trump, Mark Morgan. Mark, it's great to have you with us here on the Great America Show once again. And give us, if you will, the latest on the border, where we stand, whether it's human smuggling, sex trafficking, drug smuggling, uh, you name it. Uh, how, how bad has it got? Well, Lou, I tell you, I'd say deal of the above is expanding. It's worsening as every day goes by. Look, by, by calendar year, uh, we're looking at over 2 million apprehensions by the United States Border Patrol. And in addition to that, another alarming statistic is 600,000 Godaways. As you have the border toll agents that are pulled off the line to basically be processing agents and daycare providers, large areas of the border are wide open. That's why we're seeing this incredible increase in Godaways, those that are evading apprehension and making their way to every town, city, and state. And with that, when our borders are open because the apprehensions are so high, that's where you're going to have drugs that are pouring into this country. You're going to see more gang members and criminal aliens pouring into this country and expansion of human trafficking. We are seeing right now the worst crisis on the southern border, Lou, that we've seen in our, in our lifetime. Do you remember when uh, it became politically incorrect to refer to the surge of illegal immigrants, whether they're coming up by caravans or by the hundreds of thousands from Central America uh, or, or Mexico, uh, it, it was just as politically incorrect. You couldn't call quote unquote migrants uh, invaders. Right now with an estimated 2 million illegal immigrants 
uh, having uh, crossed the border by the time President Biden is in office for a full year. Uh, what is that if that's not an invasion? No, look, I, you and I have discussed this. I think you're spot on on this. If you look, just, just take that number alone, 2 million, but you add on the 600,000 Godways, and I'm being conservative, you're, you're looking at, at 2.5 million individuals that, that, that have either uh, 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 been apprehended or evaded. And you, you can add in probably another three, 400,000, what they call turnbacks. Uh, those individuals that attempted, but to avoid apprehension, they, they returned back to Mexico uh, because they knew they weren't going to get away. So you're really looking in 12 months, about 3 million individuals. I think that clearly fits, fits within the constitutional definition of invasion. And that's why the states like like Texas and, 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 and Florida under Governor DeSantis and Arizona is, is kind of Johnny come lately. They're doing they're doing some things. But I do think it's time that from a legal perspective, we take a hard look at, at uh, the constitutional uh, re response with respect to invasion and states could do more. But we also know, Mark, that this president is not is going to do absolutely nothing. Uh, it's why we're in this crisis. Uh, and and President Biden leaving that border open uh, at the same time that fentanyl uh, is raging through our society, 100,000 overdose deaths last year. Uh, and there is there must be just considered by President Biden and the radical Dems and the leftist media. That's just collateral damage to to whatever it is they're attempting in their agenda. And it's acceptable to them. And yeah, and and you don't hear anyone talking about it. Yeah, well, well Lou, it's so it's funny. It's funny you just said that that last statement because that's exactly what I was going to say to you, and I was going to say thanks because you 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 are one of the few that are actually talking about that. Look, this is about border security force first, of which illegal immigration is just a subset of the vast set of complex threats that we face along our southwest border. But again, when you open your border up to one crisis or threat, you're opening your border up to all the threats that we face. Again, as 40, 50 percent of agents are pulled off the line to process illegal aliens, areas of the border are wide open. The cartels know it. They're exploiting that. That's why drugs are pointed. Look, they're, they're, they're seizing record numbers of drugs. That's because the cartels and the smugglers are emboldening and they're taking greater risk. Well, why? Because exponential amounts are getting past this. And how do we know that? Look at the DEA statistics. Look at the FBI statistics. Look at the HSI statistics. And look at the statistics that you just rattled off, 100,000 drug overdoses, of which we know the overwhelming majority of drugs enter this country through the southwest border. They don't stay in border towns and city and states. They hit the highways and they make their way to every major metropolitan city, killing American citizens every single day. For all we know, those drugs are being transported on the aircraft that the Biden administration chartered for the very purpose of distributing those illegal immigrants all over the country and usually flying them by night to their destinations, uh, literally anywhere in this country. Uh, it, it's, it is a remarkable statement on the part of this administration that yeah, he, will do, he will do anything necessary to make certain that illegal immigrants are put first, not American citizens. Yeah, Lou, and look, and, and, and I agree with you, after 35 years, uh, look, I know border security, I know illegal immigration. What they're doing makes no sense except for the fact that they see a perceived political benefit. 
right? So they, they believe that every illegal alien they find a pathway to citizenship is going to equate to a Democratic vote. They believe uh, through the census, because now illegal aliens are included part of the census, is that they could get a bump up in House seats. They're playing the long game. The other thing that we see in this administration that I haven't seen in other administrations, and I've served for six of them, both Republican and Democrat, is the amount of ideologues that are embedded in this administration, that all they care about is pursuing their personal ideology. They don't care about the second or third order effects or how it impacts our ability to secure our border and safeguard our country. All they care about is pursuing and achieving their ideology. You combine that with their political appointees, they're only concerned with political power. This is why we have open borders and the catastrophe that we see right now. The, the latest example, two vehicles shot at uh, filled with Russian illegal immigrants crossing the California border with Mexico. Uh, it, it just goes on and on. We're talking about Russian illegal immigrants. I believe that the largest group now coming into the country, and please uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, are actually Chinese nationals uh, coming into this country. Uh, is that correct? So I, I don't know if, if that's the majority. Uh, my understanding now is outside of Mexico, the, the majority, combined majority is still coming from Central America. But, but Lou, your point is absolutely spot on, though. This past fiscal year, Bortoles apprehended illegal aliens from 150 different countries. This isn't just a Central America thing. It's not just a Mexico thing. And that's why we say it's beyond impacting our public safety and health. It's also impacting our national security. Look, this year, what you won't hear from this administration, you won't hear from CBP because DHS Secretary Marcus won't allow them, is Border apprehended over 14 illegal aliens that were on the FBI's terror screening database. Think about that. Now, if you keep that in mind, that's what they apprehended. Think back to that 600,000 gotaways. Lou, we have no idea what is coming into our country, not to mention the gang members and criminal aliens. Look, just in, the past, in December, so far in the first couple of weeks in December, uh, not only have drug seizures gone up, but they've apprehended numerous criminals for sex abuse, murderers, uh, 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 drug smugglers. It goes on and on. And think about the same time period, tens of thousands have gotten away just in the past couple of weeks. Well, the getaways, uh, the gotaways, uh, and, and the people who are simply uh, absorbed into the country by the Biden administration, it, it is, it, it's unrelenting. There is no sign that it's going to stop. Uh, we have within the Department of Homeland Security an intelligence operation uh, that knows theoretically what's going on with the cartels, knows how to deal with it. But no one, no one in this administration, no one in our federal government is trying to stop it. Uh, this is a country right now that is simply arms wide open saying, you know, if you if you want to come in and make fools of us, if you want to take jobs, if you want to uh, put uh, fentanyl in our veins, please have at it. There's no yeah. one here to stop you. Yeah. Lou, Lou I, you, again, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. What we've seen is a complete transformation since President Biden took over is that that, you know, President Trump said something <clears throat> early on that 
that all President Biden had to do was step out of the way, go to the beach when it came to border security, illegal immigration, and we would have continued to strengthen our border and been more effective at safeguarding and protecting this country. Instead, what he did was he let the ideologues and political appointees take over. They've pushed aside the career uh, uh, officials, the career employees. They dismissed them, and, and now it's the political appointees that are setting policy and really running the organizations. That's why we're in the position we're in right now. They're not listening to the career officials who, as you said, they know what to do. You, you, you talked about the intelligence apparatus. CBP has a robust intelligence capability, just like ICE within HSI, the, the Homeland Security Investigations. They know what they need to do, but they're being prevented. DHS Secretary Mayorkas, the chief architect of the open border policies, he has basically eliminated 95% of ICE's enforcement authorities. He's actually told them not to enforce the law. He's actually created new law that actually creates a sanctuary country and prohibits ICE from doing their job to arrest and deport illegal immigrants. That's where we're at right now. Has this reached a, a point beyond which it's irreparable? that it cannot in any way be reversed because these people will be in charge. I think about, I mean, this is uh, like asking a, uh, a, you know, an arsonist to run the fire department. Uh, it is, it is madness on its face. Uh, this president putting forward uh, Marxists and Soviet trained economists to be the controller of the currency, to sit on the federal reserve. Uh, the list goes on. He's putting it directly in front of the American people in their faces, who he is and what he means to do, which is turn this country into something unrecognizable uh, from what uh, our founders uh, imagined. So, so Lou, that, that's exactly right. And that's why we say, look, 2022 matters. But that, that's not going to solve it. Look, no. Congress is still going to be limited, right? I mean, they, they may be able to do some things through appropriations and funding to slow some things down, but they're not going to be able to stop the secretary from enacting more outrageous, reckless, irresponsible policy, or this president uh, open our borders even wider and encouraging more illegal immigration through executive orders. Uh, and so 2022 matters, but today matters. Like you said, I believe right now, every day that goes by, there's irreparable harm being caused in the United States. The individuals that are being allowed in right now, they're, they're not going to be deported under this administration. The harm being done, our borders are going to remain open. That's why we need states to step up and not just border states. We need interior states to step up and join Governor DeSantis, to join Governor Abbott, uh, to join Arizona, to do this in a collective way to stand up and push back and fill the gaps and voids that are being left by this administration's failure to enforce the law and secure our borders. And with that said, who is joining uh, Abbott, uh, DeSantis, uh, a, a handful of other governors? I mean, they're just simply not. Uh, where are the attorneys general? Why is there not a Republican uh, loss, set of lawsuits against this administration to stop uh, what is absolute malfeasance? Uh, it, it is pure ignorance on the part of the Homeland Security Secretary to continue these policies and to get away with it. No it, one is it, it standing is. up to it. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't, Lou. And look, let, let's go and look. The, the, the governors and the AGs, you said, they have the ability to do this. Look, multiple states have joined in uh, 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 together as a class action to, to push back against uh, uh, mass uh, mandates, but yet we don't have the same 
uh, uh, AGs and same governors join in with respect to the catastrophe that we're seeing in our southwest border that every day is jeopardizing our public health, safety, and national security. Look, we, we have the Remain in Mexico program, a lawsuit. Finally, we had Texas and Missouri that joined together and they won. And it forced the, the, the administration to reinstate the, the, the MPP, the Remain in Mexico program. What was good about that was not only substantively did, did they win and say, hey, this was an effective program. But what it illustrated is, is that Missouri, an interior state, showed standing and showed facts of how their state was being negatively impacted by the catastrophe at the southwest border. It is there. They have standing. States need to do more. Well, the Justice Department is interested, apparently, uh, in classifying concerned parents uh, who stand in front of uh, their school board meetings and express their their judgments and views about what uh, their children should be taught in public schools, which has been their their right for uh, you know for since the founding of the country, even before. But now the Justice Department is more interested in going after those parents as domestic terrorists than going after the cartels, going after the drug smugglers. And you talked about that intelligence directorate in the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, we have lots of uh, directorates and agencies, uh, you know, the, the alphabet uh, groups of intelligence gathering, uh, law enforcement, in some cases, agencies, but no one's using them. No one's paying attention. And I just don't see how this ends well for the United States of America. And everyone listening to us should know that this is a crisis that isn't going to wait till 2022. Again, Lou, I, I agree. Look, as, as someone who spent 20, 20 years in the FBI, as you described, and as I'm sitting there listening to you about how the DOJ weaponized right, the FBI to go after these concerned parents, I was embarrassed. Um, I, I could not believe what I was seeing unfolding. And if I can real quick, the fact that the current director of the FBI, Director Ray, did not get out there and proactively push back and say that under no circumstances will he allow the FBI to be weaponized uh, for, to pursue this kind of constitutionally protected activity was unconscionable. But let me give you just one example. It's just a microcosm of the bigger crisis. But just last week um, in Texas, a mother and daughter were killed. They were killed in a traffic, tragic traffic uh, collision by an 18-year-old United States citizen, an 18-year-old United States citizen who had been co-opted co by the cartels and the smugglers to smuggle illegal aliens into the country. And during a vehicle pursuit, as he was running from law enforcement, he crashed into his mother and, uh, and daughter and killed them. Yet, what have you heard from this administration? What have you heard from the press secretary? What have you heard from DSS Secretary Mayorkas? Not one word. The mainstream media, not one mention of this. They're absolutely trying to ignore it. They're not talking about it. They're not being honest with American people. Meanwhile, we are being negatively impacted every single day. The 100,000 overdose deaths yes. by themselves account for more deaths of Americans than traffic deaths, uh, shootings, murders uh, of all kinds in, in this country. It, it, you know, it has become one of the leading causes of death, drug overdoses. Luke, Luke 100,000, that's more U.S. citizens that died in the Vietnam and Afghan-Iraqi wars combined. That right. That's more than the, the, the deaths in those combined wars 
Why are we as a country not all united to say, what is going on? Where are these drugs coming from? How are they getting into this country? It's easy, the Southwest border, and we know what to do. This administration inherited the most secure border in our lifetime, and every single day we were taking a step closer to it being more secure, and this administration threw it away. I'm sorry, but but I, I'm going to push back hard uh, on this administration. I'm going to go a step further that Biden and this administration has blood on their hands because of their open border policies blood on their hands and and lives lost yes. uh, it is it's unconscionable yet it is who they are uh, they are utterly indifferent and give us a peek inside that intelligence uh, operation at the, the department of homeland security don't they yeah. know don't they know that there are as many people on this side of the border associated with those cartels benefiting from the deaths of those who lose their lives to addiction to the deadly drugs that are being trafficked across that border those uh, no one wants to talk about the level of corruption on this side the corruption of the political party or parties that support uh, those open borders and the free flow of drugs human smuggling uh, it, it, it's it's abhorrent to say the very least yeah, Luke, you, you look, the intelligence apparatus, look, look, CBP, Customs and Border Protection, they have their own office of intelligence. It, it is run by some dedicated career in, in intelligence uh, of folks there. And I'm telling you, they, they have some of the best and brightest intelligence folks that this country has. They constantly work with other organizations, whether that's, again, ISIS, Homeland Security Investigations, uh, other organizations, DEA, FBI, and task force environments. But look, at the end of the day, their hands are being tied because look, this is administration that is actually complicit in, in, in completing the last chain of smuggling operations. They're actually encouraging, incentivizing, and facilitating smugglers illegally pushing immigrants into this country. And this administration is actually participating in that. So you think they're really gonna take the, 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 uh, the intelligence analysts and the intelligence mechanism and let them go freely on what they need to do? Of course not. And that's another travesty that's happening right now. We have career officials that know what to do, they know how to do it, but their hands are being tied by this administration. You know, the typical answer to what I'm about to ask here is, you know, just wait till the election of 2022 or wait till the election of 2024. Uh, Donald Trump will be reelected and everything will be fine in 2024. Uh, the Republican Party is run by rhinos who are absolutely bound to corporate America and all of the commercial interests that want that illegal immigrant labor brought into this country, no matter the cost to citizens, no matter the cost to the nation, and no matter how destructive of the national interest. That's, those are just the facts. So what are we to do? What yeah. is uh, every, you know, every American right now is watching this. They see it clearly. Uh, they have been sold out in just about every way they can be, whether it's offshoring and outsourcing of their jobs, uh, whether it be the importation of illegal labor, uh, their children uh, saturated with these, these drugs that come across that southern border. And by the way, uh, fentanyl directly from communist China. This is not an accident. 
America is now under siege. Uh, it is an invasion. This level of illegal immigration is nothing less than that. But it goes on and it gets worse because we are right now uh, being destroyed uh, because we haven't got the will, the political will, to stand up for the nation's uh, security. And those borders are wide open. Yeah, Lou, look, I still to this day talk to some members on the Hill that still push the false narrative that somehow we need illegal uh, uh, immigration to, for, to, to, uh, for, for some jobs. That has been debunked again and again. I really, really encourage your listeners to go to the Centers for Immigration Studies. They've done an incredible job uh, talking about the marginalized U.S. workforce and a negative impact and competitiveness uh, w- with respect to illegal Im- immigrants, how it pushes wages down. It goes on and on. Everything that you've said and that we've talked about that you know, it's just fact. It's being debunked, but you'll still have some Republicans that are holding on to that. It's unconscionable. You know, my response to them always has been, Look, if you believe you need additional workforce, then do something legally about it. There are legal ways that we can bring in workforce, seasonal or not, to satisfy those requirements. It doesn't have to be done through illegal means. And again, what they don't understand is when you open your borders up to one crisis, one threat here, illegal immigration, you're opening your borders wide open to all the threats you just described. Drugs coming in, expansion of human trafficking, gang members and other criminals pouring into this country, and the expansion of the vulnerabilities with respect to our national security. When you do not secure our borders, that's a fact, and that's what they they, they just continually stick their heads in the sand, Lou. Yeah, and it's it's no accident that Democrat-run cities, the uh, 12 uh, largest cities yep. with record homicide deaths and and violent crime are run by Democrats. And uh, coincidentally, they also have some of the worst uh, overdose uh, death rates, uh, some of the worst addiction rates in the in the country. It is homeless. appalling. Homeless, you know, homicide. You know, I heard the district attorney in Los Angeles say, well, actually, you know, uh, overall crime is down. Well, except for homicides. I mean, he actually said that. Now, those words actually came out of his mouth. You look at Chicago, right? More deaths in Chicago exponentially this year than, than the previous year. And the majority of that is black on black violence and death. It's just unconscionable that we're still in this mode. And then you have mayors like Lightfoot that go out there when we see these 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 mass grab uh, and, and run robberies going. She actually has audacity to blame the store owners that they're not doing enough. She's acting vi- victimizing the victims. Yeah, well, uh, which is one of the one of the pastimes of the of the left in this country, the Marxist left. Uh, Congressman Buddy Carter of, of Georgia introduced something called the. Build Better Borders Act, and I, and I love this, Mark, because his idea is to fine all illegal immigrants the precise amount of money that's given to them, gifted to them by President Biden. You remember who wants to put give each one, uh, each family, uh, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars? He would tax that and build a, a wall. Now that's a great idea, and I th- I think innovative. There's just one problem, but it's the same problem we face now for years, and that is. Nothing's going to happen unless the Republicans join together and win at the polls and had the majority in the Senate and the House, and they are a far cry from having that. Uh, So here we go again. 
Uh, Ron DeSantis, as you mentioned, he wants to, and he's uh, seeking the money to transport illegal immigrants from his state of Florida to Delaware uh, and to uh, Nantucket, I believe it was, to let them live if they're going to be brought in. I think that's a terrific idea. I think every governor should be doing it. And I think every governor should be suing the Biden administration, the U.S. government, for bringing into their states and their communities illegal immigrants. It's against the law, for crying out loud, is it not? It, it is, Lou, and I'll go a step further. Not only is all that right, but look, the governor's sense is actually going in and he's going to say, hey, he's, he wants to make it illegal for non-governmental organizations or other uh, uh, um, organizations within Florida to actually participate in the smuggling chain that right. actually brings in uh, illegal aliens into their state. He's spot on. And I also agree, these states, as we mentioned, they should be joined together to sue this administration, bring it to the court, let it go to the Supreme Court of how in the world you're opening your borders up to where 600,000 illegal aliens evaded apprehension and made their way to every town, city, and state. How drugs are pouring in, killing 100,000 U.S. citizens. All right, we could go on and on, the expansion of human trafficking. Every state has standing justification to join together to sue this administration for violation of their constitutional responsibilities and oath to secure our borders and protect this nation. Ronald Reagan once said, and I think he's totally uh, uh, spot on, a nation that cannot secure our borders is not a nation. And that is where we are headed right now under this administration. And I think we should make it very clear to everyone. There is no accident in this. This is indeed not just simply the consequence of this uh, past election. This was the purpose of Joe Biden, the radical Dems, and the Marxist left in league with Wall Street and corporate America to change this country forever. Uh, the globalist elites mean uh, in the most authoritarian style uh, imaginable to take over this country and to make certain that citizens are no longer uh, the just the governed, uh, but the consent of the governed is will be dispensed with if they have their way. You get the last word here, Mark. You know, Lou, I, I think I hope your listeners are paying attention to this because, look, I could not agree more with you. Look, I don't understand. I'll, 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 I'll end with this. Again, this is not a Republican or a Democratic thing. This is an American thing. It is our responsibility. It is our obligation. It is our duty to secure our borders and to protect this nation from the vast set of complex threats facing us. When you open your border up to two million illegal aliens pulling resources off the line, our borders are wide open, unsecured, unpatrolled, unmonitored. That's why drugs are pouring in, criminal aliens, gang members, and an increase to our national security. It's got to stop. And this country, under President Trump, he had the guts to call out the cartels Yep. As he, and to prepare to go to war with them. Until this country can do so, we are certain to lose this battle for our border security and for, indeed, control of this nation. Uh, Mark, we appreciate it so much. Mark Morgan, uh, a great, uh, great American, and we appreciate all you've done uh, to, to stop uh, what is now a rampant uh, smuggling on our borders of drugs, of, of illegal immigrants, sex trafficking, and the list goes on. Uh, we appreciate it so much. Thank you. You too. You're, you're a true patriot. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for being part of the Great America Show. We will continue in just one moment. Stay with us.
According to a number of strategic analysts, most of them in the employ of Washington think tanks, I'll admit that, nearly all of which are funded one way or another by American oligarchs. Those analysts, though, are building a consensus view, and you know how important that is in Washington, D.C., a consensus view that communist China and former communist nation of Russia, despite their shared hatred of the United States and ongoing Cold War with the United States, will not actually work cooperatively and together militarily. Now, isn't that a relief? I'll bet you didn't think that would ever happen. Uh, of course, there is the more than highly probable chance that strategic analysts who have come up with this conclusion are merely conforming to their respective think tanks, political atmospherics. Those political atmospheres, by the way, of course, shaped to conform in direct line to the political views and financial interests of the American oligarchs who fund and sustain what are steady streams of propaganda that shower the American people and the public consciousness. But there are signs, some hopeful signs, that the republic may prevail. Americans seem to be at last tiring of the stench of propaganda fumes, tiring of the entire rat's nest of obsequious academicians, so-called scholars, bureaucrats, Capitol Hill staffers and clingers and former congressmen and senators clinging desperately themselves while leeching on the lifeblood of the republic, namely vast copious sums of money, taxes of all kinds, donations, federal grants, contracts, and big money flowing in torrents to the Washington swamp from all the bigs, that is, big business, big Wall Street, big tech, and all the bigs protected by big corporate media. Very few media companies and outlets dare call all of this what it is. It's corruption. But among those brave few is the online magazine, The Federalist. Just how brave are they, you ask? One of their recent articles on the corruption of the 2020 election not only reported on the millions spent to corrupt that election, but they name names, most particularly the name of one of America's biggest oligarchs, none other than big tech titan Mark Zuckerberg. Who would go after such a story, found such a magazine? Well, none other than Sean Davis. And joining us now on The Great America Show is Sean Davis. Sean, great to have you with us. Great to be here, Lou. Thank you for having me. I, I want to turn immediately to your brave uh, focus on what you call left-wing Zuck, who was trying to manipulate the 2020 election with, of course, big bucks, for, of course, Joe Biden. Tell us how that story came to be and how, how concerned should we all be about what you found? Well, thank you so much for asking that, um, because I know so many of your listeners, so many of our readers, and so many Americans are, are worried about election security and election integrity. And I think the way that started was with uh, my colleague, Molly Hemingway, who wrote a best-selling book on what happened in the election. Um, she, she was very subtle and nuanced in her title. It's called Rigged. Mm -hmm. And she detailed what big tech, uh, uh, people like Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg uh, the Democrat Party and big media did really before a vote was ever cast to, to rig the elections. And a big player in this was Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook uh, using a couple of 
nonprofits that his people set up to spread around what we call Zuckbucks. He spent something close to $400 million effectively privatizing the election offices in key states and key counties around the country. A good example is he gave, I think, $10 million through one of these organizations to Fulton County, Georgia, which is a, a very, very heavily Democrat uh, county. He gave $9 million to DeKalb County in right. Georgia. And it, it this isn't like he gave money for ads that it was $20 million or $400 million to run ads. No, this was for the effective private takeover of elections offices where his his people, his money would go in and run things and they would figure out who they wanted to target, whose ballots they wanted to cure, uh, which areas they wanted to focus on for get out the vote. And again, this wasn't just a private organization doing it. It was a private organization using money to take over the operations of government election offices, which is a really, really terrifying possibility to think that a single lone tech oligarch could effectively take over government election offices, which are supposed to be accountable to the people and accountable to the law, and steer them for his own desires. Now, if others had, namely uh, some fundraising organizations, uh, some uh, PACs had done something similar, uh, if a candidate had done something similar, uh, there would be a huge investigation there would be an outcry and there would be uh, uh, perceived violations of the law, uh, perceptions, by the way, which would be correct. So what we have now is a multi-billionaire American oligarch tech titan actually throwing away pocket change that overwhelmed the, elec the election uh, in, a, in a number of places. Uh, and manipulated the results uh, uh, as, a, as a consequence, correct? Right. And, and a good way to think about it is I feel like a lot of people uh, on the right are focused on what happened on election night. What happened with the vote counting? Mm -hmm. Why did they stop? Why did the totals change? My personal belief is while that's important, it is not nearly as important as all of the things that were done ahead of time. It, it's akin right. to focusing on on the facade on a building as opposed to the foundation. And the foundation what or is what these three groups, big media, uh, big tech, and the Democrat Party did in the months leading up to the election. They went and unilaterally changed election rules and voting rules. Uh, that, right. That's a huge, huge thing. They, they did it without the legislature's input. Pennsylvania is a good example. We had the federal court system, uh, including the Supreme Court, just saying, nah, we're not going to bother with it. It doesn't matter if they made up their own rules that uh, run counter their constitution and that there was no real review or legislative act here. We're going to let it happen. So, so you had all the massive rules changed for the, the, the Wuhan coronavirus, which flooded the system with absentee ballots. That was step one. Step two was then seeding all this money into these election offices to make sure that when they were sending out all the absentee ballots, when they were getting faulty ballots in and incurring them, that everything they did with that was focused on getting the so-called right people uh, to vote and carrying the right ballots. Uh, and then step three was what big tech and the media did, which was censor anything that went counter to what the uh, predetermined Democrat narrative was. And a perfect example here is big tech censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story from, from the New York Post, a paper founded by Alexander Hamilton, the longest running continuously published paper in the country. Right. They banned that article 
because it said things that they didn't want people to hear about the Biden family crime syndicate. So when you combine all those things, that's the real story of what happened in the election. It wasn't election night. It was all the things they did ahead of time so that once votes started being cast, the outcome was kind of already set in motion. Yeah, uh, you said they banned. Who is they? Uh, I believe Twitter was the biggest one. And I'd have to go back and double check, but I believe Facebook did as well. Exactly. And so we have this effort uh, in in media uh, parlance to to uh, spike a story uh, that they did not want. They are they spiked a president of the United States, by the way, didn't they? And people don't even ask where is uh, former President Trump uh, and his tweets. Uh, We have watched an amazing censoring of a president, uh, a perpetual uh, persecution uh, of a sitting president, uh, as well as uh, the man in his post-presidency. And we're getting really absolutely no outrage. It's just another day at the uh, at what seems to be a a nation evolving from a constitutional republic uh, to a uh, free for all. Uh, politically and and, and partisan uh, conflict. I feel, uh, being somewhat a a student of history, that we're undergoing our own cultural revolution, Mm -hmm. Uh, a reference to what Mao instituted in China in the mid-20th century, where he decided that the old ways needed to go, and the old ways needed to go because they were an obstacle to Mao's new communist ways uh, truly being ascendant. So they, they destroyed everything. If you were a professor, you were gone. If you were uh, an industry titan who had somehow figured out how to succeed, you were gone. If you were a farmer, you were gone. If you were an influencer, someone who was respected in the community, you had to be erased as well. They deliberately set about tearing down everything and propagandizing everything so that all the old traditions, all the old knowledge, all the old ways of doing things were destroyed so they could be overlaid with and replaced by the regime's new way of doing things. And think about what we're seeing in America now with all the censorship, with the replacement of real life with virtual life and technological life. Um, When you see how we have our cultural relics being torn down, statues of the founders. They said it was just about racism and slavery. And then what do you know? They start tearing down actual abolitionist statues. Uh, They start defacing things, uh, honoring Abraham Lincoln. This is nothing less than an attempt by the left to destroy the foundation of America uh, so that they can get rid of the Constitution and replace it with their own desires. And it is a really, really scary time. Uh, And people need to wake up to what's happening because I know it can sound kooky, when mm-hmm. if you hear now that it's the cultural Marxists, they're communists, they've switched from economics to race uh, as opposed to class. And that's how they're uh, creating conflict and agitation. What they're using is a vehicle for their propaganda that can sound a little kooky. It's exactly what they're doing. If you go back and read Marx and you read what the Soviets were pushing, just replace class and economics with race. And they're running the exact same playbook in America right now. And they have a corrupt big media and a corrupt corrupt big tech oligarchy running the whole thing for them. And against this immense consolidated uh, power of the oligarchs, uh, and we call them oligarchs on this uh, podcast because for one simple reason, uh, like circumstances, like sums of money uh, and wealth, uh, they're called oligarchs if they're in Russia, if they're anywhere in the world. But here, here we call them uh, billionaires and philanthropists. 
when in fact uh, their uh, designs and uh, actions to control and influence the body politic are just as egregious as uh, in, in, almost as egregious as anywhere in the world, are they not? They are. And, and it's really scary seeing what's happened, especially when you have so many people ostensibly on the right going along with it. They'll, they'll look at what's happening at Facebook or Twitter or Google or Amazon. I, I personally think uh, Google and Amazon are the real big worries here. But they'll look at that. They'll look at these companies which are built on federal carve outs and liability protections and special immunities for these companies that no one else has. And they'll say, oh, well, this is just the free market. You're getting mad at the free market. You can't uh-huh. get mad at the free market. And I, my response to that is, well, this isn't a free market. This isn't a market-based capitalism. This is government putting its hand on the scale to help a certain class of people at the expense of everyone else in the country. And when I'm looking at how everything's playing out now with the oligarchs controlling how we vote, controlling how we talk, controlling uh, what topics we're allowed to discuss on health matters or political mm-hmm. matters, I see that as a direct threat to liberty. And, and oh. when I look in the Constitution, I don't see uh, what my friend Tucker Carlson calls some sort of Nicene creed of capitalism. I see a, a document, a doctrine that exists to safeguard our liberty. And our yeah. liberties are under threat now, and they're under threat from these big tech oligarchs. Tucker can get sometimes uh, so far much, <laughs> so far to the, uh, well, uh, to the clever that he loses sight of what is actually the profound. Uh, and I like him immensely, but uh, sometimes he works too hard to be cute and not to, to be serious. Uh, the the issue of these uh, these tech titans and the influence on the 2020 election, uh, there is a view within the national popular corporate media that, you know, let's just pat these uh, little uh, fellows and gals on the head who, uh, you know, are patriots who wanted to go to to Washington, D.C. and demonstrate uh, against what they perceive to be uh, irregularities, anomalies, and in some cases, outright fraud and cheating in the 2020 presidential election. And by the way, they had their lying eyes to support their view that those incidents did occur, whether it's in Wayne County, uh, Michigan, whether it's, as you pointed out, uh, one of the targets of uh, left-wing Zuck, uh, uh, DeKalb County, uh, and Fulton County and Georgia and Arizona and Nevada. And unfortunately, the list does go on from there. Uh, this is really appalling that people still are not demanding serious investigation of what happened uh, in November in the 2020 presidential election. Right. Well, and there's a reason they don't want to investigate it and get into it. And it's the same reason the left doesn't want to look into the origins of the Russia collusion hoax or everyone that was involved in that. They know exactly what they did. They know the systems they set up. And, and it gets back to what Molly Hemingway wrote in her book, Rig. They, they did all this deliberately. It, it wasn't a surprise to any of them, so much so that uh, I think it was a couple months after the election, Time magazine did this big a glossy cover profile mm-hmm. of the people who they said fortified the election. And, and the thing read, they, they were doing a victory lap, but it actually read like a confession right? where they all agreed, yeah, yeah, we got together and we did all these things uh, and we rigged all these systems to make sure Trump would never win again. And, and, and you know they did it and you know they'll never investigate it based on uh, what DNC lawyer uh, Mark Elias said the other day about these plans from Democrats to put Nancy Pelosi permanently in charge of every election in America. They said, we have no hope unless we can do this. They understand that when it's just one vote per person, when only legal people can vote, when it's hard to cheat, 
that they don't stand a chance. And it's why they are so firmly against anything that requires voter ID, uh, that makes it harder to cheat, that doesn't flood the system with absentee ballots. They are diametrically opposed to security integrity messages uh, 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 because they know that if those things happen, they can't win. Well, they can't win. They don't have to win because uh, straightforwardly, they're doing the vote counting. However you construct that, whether it be uh, through uh, the votes themselves, whether it be the, you know, we do, Smartmatic, Dominion, I don't know what their role was. Uh, but what bothers me is no one else does either. Our Justice Department refused to investigate. Local authorities refused to investigate. And then we find out most of those election jurisdictions didn't even have access to the so-called proprietary software, which they were depending upon for a legitimate uh, and lawful vote count. Uh, it, but to your point uh, and the point of others, uh, that th this began long ago uh, with a, a Democratic Party taking advantage of COVID to rush through all of these changes to law and dates and what constituted an election. It's, it is absolutely barbaric and absurd what was permitted by the Republican Party. We know what the Democratic Party is uh, and how corrupt they are. But what people don't also understand, is, in my opinion, is just how incompetent the leadership of the Republican Party is, how uh, fat and lazy and uh, absolutely content to be the second place party in perpetuity, it seems. Your thoughts? I, I think you're right. I'm, I'm a big uh, college football fan, so I often describe uh, Republican leadership as people who, who don't care about winning. They only care about covering the spread. Like they're fine with losing as long as they lose by less than the odds makers had, had suggested. And then they consider that a victory. Yeah. And it, it's really frustrating. And you, and you could kind of see it uh, both in 2015 and 2016 with, with Trump running. And then also again in 2020, a lot of these people just didn't want him to win. It, it, it was as simple as that. He was a challenge to their priorities. He wasn't where they were on trade or on starting dumb wars everywhere. Uh, or on helping out corporations no. at the cost of us. They didn't care. And so they were happy to see him go. Yeah, to be clear, where he was on ending dumb wars. Exactly. Correct. Uh, that fools have started uh, for the past 30, 30 years uh, in this country. And right now we see a, a sort of a gnashing of teeth and a wringing of hands uh, as the, uh, the chicken hawks uh, are apparently wanting us to teach Russia a lesson about where to put its troops uh, within its sovereign territory. Uh, I, I mean, the maliciousness, the mendaciousness, and the, uh, the abject grotesque interest in putting American forces on foreign soil is to me repugnant, and it is building, as you've chronicled already, uh, this year. Right. And I think one of the underreported uh, reasons for Trump's success and his popularity was his stance on keeping America out of places where America doesn't have a direct, obvious national security interest. And, and you look at Ukraine, you, you look at the stuff going on there. Um, I don't like Putin. I, I think the dude is an awful, awful person. Uh, but I am yet to hear a good reason why any American sons or daughters or moms or dads should be sent to die to defend Ukraine's border when we won't even defend our own. Okay, you don't like that Russian dude. 
What about that Chinese dude? She, she I, don't, I don't like him much either. <laughs> I don't like him at all. And I have to say, I, I really don't understand why we have tolerated big tech, big finance on Wall Street, uh, big business, aligning themselves more carefully to the economic interest values uh, and, and actual uh, structures forwarded by the Chinese than to uh, those uh, of the Trump administration era and those of the U.S. Uh, of U.S. interests. Uh, this is sickening to watch. Uh, we are we are bleeding every month record levels of trade deficit. It goes on and on. And we've got Apple uh, with a two hundred and seventy six billion dollar deal with China that no one knew about until the last few weeks. Uh, it, it's sickening to see what is happening and without question, without oversight, uh, without any kind of inquiry on the part of U.S. agencies that are responsible, whether it be CFIUS, the Commerce Department, you name it. You're right. We, it, uh, it, it's as if our government has spent 40 years hollowing out the American middle class, the American manufacturing base, um, companies that used to make stuff here buy stuff here, uh, made by people here. Uh, they, they sold us down the river to China on that. They decided it was worth uh, you know, paying a little less for a TV here and sending all of our manufacturing capacity, which was the foundation of the American middle class for decades yeah. over to China. And it was all just to get an extra penny or two on the margin. And, and what has happened is this Chinese war machine, the, the communist Chinese menace uh, that unleashed this virus on the world, that was built with our money. That yeah. was built with with our consumers, with our dollars. And you know, for all the talk about Taiwan and needing to pre protect Taiwan, what we need to do is eliminate the engine of China's war machine, which is our economy. And we need to direct our economy to doing the best for the American people, not what's best for the Chinese government, because it makes some big global corporations some extra money. Very quickly to put in, in stark contrast uh, and uh, what has happened, to your point, the hypersonic missiles that uh, China sent around the globe a few weeks ago uh, at Mach 9 and delivered a, uh, a missile on uh, within 25 miles of the target after circumventing the, the <laughs> after going clear around the Earth. Uh, that technology is U.S. technology from the year 2000 that was abandoned by the Clinton administration at the end of 2000, and which we have done nothing on, and our generals are saying, we don't know how they did it. And by the way, Russia's got the, the same program far in advance of our own. This is what they've stolen. This is, they even have some of the project uh, workers from that, uh, uh, that effort in the United States working for them now. Uh, we are fools, and we can't act that part very long without being uh, proved uh, deserving of a sad fate. Uh, you get the last word, John. I'd say you're exactly right. And it's long past time for America's leaders to put America first and American needs first. And that goes for China or Russia or taxes or elections, all of it. Thank you very much, John. Great to have you with us as always. Thanks for all that you do for this, uh, this great country of ours. John Davis, the Federalist. We appreciate it. Join us again tomorrow for the Great America podcast. Stay in the fight. Truth, justice, and the American way will prevail against all enemies, against all odds.